cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Still the clean record hope got well, you know we gotta, you, you know we gotta talk crap, right? I remember, I mean, I remember the first time that we recorded, you know, and I knew that, like, I knew the date and time that we were gonna record, and I, I remember when I wasn't, you know, I, I remember my first times, so like, oh, well, I need to do this. Oh, I got a backwards plan, you know, that way I'm ready. Oh, I should probably turn on my computer <laughs> that I may have not turned on, you know, since the, you know, the last time we recorded, which has been a few weeks. And it being a Windows computer, it's probably got some updates to it, you know, because it's because it's Windows. Um, so it's a shame not to uh, not to have uh, not to have Luke here uh, this week. But uh, hey, man, I, his NCO days are uh, <laughs> his NCO days are, are, are you know that was a long time ago, man. That was a long time ago when he learned about uh, you know PCCs and PCIs. Dude, that's not even NCO days. That's that's specialist Luke, <laughs> specialist Luke days. Luke, it's the Augie. I'm telling you, man, it's the Augie. Like you're getting ready to, you know, you're getting ready to roll, and you're you're doing combo checks, and you're like, why? Like, what's wrong with your radio? Be like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring my radio down here right now. I got to go back to my room and get it. I love it. Hey, so your 3D printer got fixed, obviously. For uh, for those not uh, not watching on YouTube, Roger's showing off his latest uh, his latest uh, creations from his uh, 3D printer here. It's George Washington, man. Well, I know who that is. Well, I'm telling the, the listeners out there. Oh, okay. You know, they can't see it. It's, it's obviously George Washington. I don't know how it shows up on the camera anyway, but yeah, my printer, bre- uh, printer blew up, and I fortunately I was able to order some more parts and pieces, and... They must, uh, like little people must put this stuff together because dude, like my fat hands and fingers and dude, yeah, they don't fit in there. I mean, those things are, they're, they're pretty tight, but I was pretty stoked to get that up. So trying to, uh, do some, uh, you know, practice printing to get it calibrated and everything. But speaking of, of which, so Christmas, how'd it go? You get everything? Dude, I got everything I wanted except for my GI Joe aircraft carrier, you know, another year I dig. I mean, now now, you know, I say that I don't want to, you know, I definitely don't want to, uh, you know, come across as ungrateful from last Christmas and my, <laughs> you know, my G.I. Joe aircraft carrier flag, um, you know, from Ginger Inferno and, uh, and you guys. Uh, so, but no, nah, man, it was a, uh, it was a good Christmas, you know, I, when you get older and I just, you know, Christmas for me, it's really, it's for the kids. I mean, it's nice to get a few things, right. but you know, the... <laughs> I was talking to the wife about it. It's like, it's one of those things. It's like during the year, like if there's something I want and you know, I budget it for it, I'm just, I just go get, I just like, I just buy it at this point in my life. You know, it's not, you know, Christmas, you know, so it's not like I'm, you know, I'm waiting for Christmas for things that I really, really want. Um, you know, I got some surprises, you know, like you did probably. And, um, you know, it was really nice, but the, you know, the good thing was that, Everybody was, everybody was here, you know, it was a Christmas, it was another Christmas, not, you know, not deployed, um, you know, and that's always a big plus, man. Yeah. That's a huge plus. Yeah. Um, so I got some, you know, I got some really nice stuff. Um, you know, and I got some stuff, people put a lot of thought into it, which is always good, you know, to, and, and that's really, that really means more than, you know, just a, you know, a Christmas of somebody just, you know, kind of handing you something and be like, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know what you wanted. So I just kind of got you this, um, type, you know, type stuff, but no, it was good. Father-in-law came down, spent Christmas Eve with us and, uh, in Christmas day. And, uh, so yeah, man, it was good. What about you? 
Uh, it was pretty quiet. Same thing, quiet, low key. You know, got a couple surprises here and there, but we've got this debate going on between my wife and I. So, at what age should Christmas lists for your kids go away? Oh, because my whole theory is like, you know, I've got three kids, you know, two of them are, are in their 20s, over 21. And then my boy who's at home, who, who's 20, will be 21 this year. So I can kind of see still giving him the Christmas list because he still stays at home. Even though he's a grown man, he's an adult. And I was jumping out of airplanes at his age, but whatever. My two oldest, though, it's like they don't even live with us anymore. Like they're gone, right? They, they live somewhere else and in an apartment doing their own thing. It's like, so do we still do Christmas lists? Because my wife is like, well, I need their Christmas list. I'm like, I think we're beyond the Christmas list phase. I think we're into the two, three gifts, like you said, something thoughtful and meaningful and, you know, two, three gifts under the tree. And, you know, it's not like they're, they're five or six anymore where you just try to load it up with stuff for them to, to, to open up. So I don't know what, what's the, what's the cutoff age for Christmas list? Man, I don't know. I, I really, honestly, I haven't thought about it. You know I mean? One, cause oh, you know, we still have teenagers, you know, in the, uh, we still got our three in, you know, in the house. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, for, I, I'll tell you, uh, you know, for the kids, it's always, you know, like my parents and, you know, my wife's dad, you'll ask, okay, what are the, you know, and then, you know, my sister and, you know, they always ask us, they're like, all right, hey, you know, what do the kids want? And so, you know, we're still, we're still in the Christmas list thing. Um, but as far as like age goes, I don't know. I, I, I think I would say once they move out, like once they move out, like the Christmas thing, the Christmas list is like kind of done. Cause at that point, you know what they need. Right. Right. I mean, it's okay. You, you know, <laughs> you just moved out. You're, you know, you're on your own, you're in an apartment, you know, I, I, I can, I can guess there's 17 things off the top of my head that I can name off right now that you're going to need. Right. Right. Just moving out on your own. So that's easy. And even as an adult, once you get older, you know, like that's, yeah, I, I, I think once you move out, I, I'd say, you know, generally speaking, you know, let's say your kids stay, you know, at home through, you know, through college. So let's say 22, I'd say 21, 22, like Christmas lists are done at that point. Cause you're out on your own. Like, you know, even after I left and joined the army, like my parents didn't ask me for a list. It was, you know, it was, what do you need? And I was right. like, okay, well this is what I need, you know? So maybe yeah. it goes to who hosts the Christmas. So like, you know, kids obviously come home and so we ask them for the Christmas list. Well, maybe when I go visit my daughter for Christmas, maybe next time or the time after, maybe I give them my Christmas list. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what dad wants. Yeah. So what's, um, so I guess for next Christmas though, you asking for a, uh, you asking for a, a bumper to an Audi or, or what? Yeah, you know, it's uh <laughs> it was it was traumatic yesterday for for the the, the family here because as kids and, and we were all that age, but you know, at, at this point at, at this point in our lives I have uh you know, I've done enough to look dumb on my own. And and now I'm all about like I don't care there is no embarrassment factor in them, you know, there anymore. I'm just I'm more worried about taking care of my stuff because I don't want to spend money so my you know, my daughter was driving my uh my wife's Audi. And uh, it's an older Audi, so, you know, but we've kept it in good shape. It's, it's like under 70,000 miles. It's garage kept, you know, she doesn't drive it a whole lot, but, uh, so daughter came home and, and she was out running errands or whatever. And, you know, they sit relatively low to the ground and, uh, she pulled up, ran over one of the little concrete, you know, curbs or whatever in the parking lot and, uh, put it in reverse, starts coming back, hears it. And as opposed to like stopping, right. Hey, oh, let me stop. Let me call dad. 
You know, a dad will come out there with a couple boards or something. And we'll back. No, we'll just put it in reverse and go faster. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was enough of the bumper that it was beyond the scratch. You know, you get that little black scratch guard or whatever underneath. Yeah. It, it yeah. actually went up into the bumper. And so the front end is, uh, let's put it this way. We are not as aerodynamic with the Audi anymore. Uh, we might be, <laughs> we're a little bit lighter, but we're probably not as aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a, there, the, the windscreen in the front's a little bit bigger. Yeah. 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 A little bit more of a draft coming through the, uh, you know, the windows. So. You know, you just sit there, you look, and you're just like, like, why do you, you know, it reminds me when she was first starting to drive. And again, we've all been there and done it, but, you know, she was driving my truck and she's going into the garage. And, and our garage is like a two car garage, like a legit two car garage. Like it's not two and a half or three where you've got some room. Like you have very little wiggle room. So it's a pretty tight yeah. fit anyway. And uh, she was pulling my truck in the garage and she came around, hit the front corner. And as opposed to stopping, well, no, I'm just going to go faster. <laughs> so, I love it. She went faster. And of course the whole front quarter panel or whatever it was just, you know, raked up against the side of the garage where it's like, like, didn't something in your head tell you to like, stop. I love it. And she's, uh, she's a medical school too, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I think yeah. I've taken her off. I, I was going to use her as my, my primary care manager. Uh, she might be like number two or three on my list. Now. <laughs> the stock is falling. The stock is falling. It's yeah, man, that's, uh, that's tough. So when I was a kid, I, I think I was like 14. I might've been 14, maybe, maybe just turned 15. Um, my dad, we had to get some stuff out of our, uh, out of our yard. I, don't, I forget. And I forget what it was. It, 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 Daddy got done doing something. It might've been just some, you know, some, uh, boards and you know some construction material. Dad had got done building something because he was always doing stuff like that um, at our house. And uh, I asked him, I was like, "Well, can he had just he had just bought this new truck and it was brand new. It was probably it, it well, it wasn't new new, but it was a couple of years old." And uh, and so I was like, "Well, Dad, can, you know, can, I was I was you know at that point where I was like, I want to drive. I want to learn how to drive." And um, he had let me drive it a couple times when we were in the woods and stuff like that. And, uh, he was like, okay, yeah, you know, you can, you, you can take it and just pull it out there, you know, next to it. And then I'll, you know, let me know and I'll come out and, you know, we'll, we'll get this stuff loaded up. And I was like, all right, well, we had a lot of pine trees in our yard and I had to like make a really kind of sharp cut to, to back up to the stuff. And there was a pine tree kind of there and, uh, I cut it <laughs> kind of there. <laughs> kind of, it was kind of there. Um, and I cut, I cut it really, really sharp and I caught just behind the cab on the on the driver's side just behind the cab right or just behind where the cab and the bed come together and uh i kind of did the same thing that your daughter did on the on the curb um i was like man i'm stuck like the truck's not moving i look in, <laughs> just the, I look in the mirror i look in the mirror and i'm like well it's stuck on this tree so i you know i i put it in drive and i just you know use the gas to you know to, you know, leverage some brute force and ignorance and, uh, you know, to get off the tree. And it basically, dude, it scraped the entire left-hand side of this truck bed from, you know, the cab all the way down to the bumper. And uh, I went inside and I was like, hey, dad, um, I please don't be mad. And he just like looked at me and he got that look on like, what did you do? And I was like, it's your truck. And he was like, he just looked at me. He says, come with me. And we walked out there and he walked up to it. And he like looked at it and he didn't even look at me. He was like, go inside right now. 
<laughs> he was like, just go inside. And I was like, well, it's he's like, stop talking and go inside. And uh, I've come, you know, come to find out later, he was telling me to go inside, not because I was in trouble. I think he was telling me to go inside. So he didn't physically like put his hands on me and like, you know, break bones. Um, Cause <laughs> he was, he was super upset. I'm Maybe sure. I'm sure. Well, you know what? It's, what's going through his mind is like, all right, Joshua, out of this eight foot scratch on the truck, like maybe foot number one, two, or three. <laughs> You know, you decided, hey, maybe I need to stop and go get dad. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Yeah, he was. uh, Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of thoughts going through his head. And some I can't say because, you know, we don't want to get the E uh, label on you on YouTube on this. one. We'll try and avoid that as long as we can until you drop the first F-bomb anyway. And uh, (laughs) but it was funny, you know, afterwards I was like, well, just the insurance will pay for it. And my dad was like, my dad goes, yeah. I'll call the insurance company and tell them my 14 year old son was driving my truck and put it into a pine tree. Yeah. They'll, <laughs> they'll love that. You know, and of course you're a kid, you don't know any better. You don't know how any of that stuff works. And you're like, well, I mean, why would they have a problem with that? I mean, I mean, why can't you just tell them that? And he's just like, just go away. Just, it's just go. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, um, it was not good, man. I can only imagine. I can only imagine the seeing your, uh, seeing your wife's Audi like that. Ooh. Had I been, you know, once I got older, obviously, you know, better, you know, something like that happens. It's like, okay, stop. Cause you know, brute force and ignorance is, uh, it, it can get you through some things, but when you're dealing with cars and, you know, especially nice cars, it's generally not a preferred tactic. Yeah. Cause at that point, dude, I'm like, I would have literally drove out there with my Jack and jacked this damn thing up and put it on boards and, you know, but I mean, that's what, yeah, again, as you get older, the embarrassment <laughs> factor is gone. Like I, you know, I don't care. And, and. It's funny because my son bought some, uh, he bought some rims for Christmas for his car and they're nice, man. They're pretty. Like I could never put pretty rims on my vehicle because I know I'm going to scuff them up. That's just how I am. You know, I know doing U-turns or whatever. I'm like, Hey man, just take your time and learn the meaning of the uh, 17 point U-turn, you know, cause that's, that's what's going to end up happening, you know, unless you're going to, uh, scuff those expensive ones. Cause once they get scuffed, you know, they're done. Like, I mean, I guess you can repair them, but for most of the stuff that's like powder coated or whatever, I mean, it's dude, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it especially when it comes to rims, um, you know, and the embarrassment factor for you. I mean, dude, every everybody would you know even watching you in that parking lot, they look at you and then they see your daughter standing there and they know exactly what happened. They'd be like, yeah. ah, <laughs> ah, she drove it up onto the curb. Got it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it makes it even better because you know, and then I get it. Accidents happen, and I, I was just kind of chewing her ass last night because you know, especially the type of person I am, I, I have the immediate explosion. Yeah. So you know, I explode for about five or six minutes, you know, cook off, and then I'm, I'm kind of done and over it or whatever. But yeah, you know, her car while she's at school, you know, it's still registered in our name or registered in my name. So it's like on top of that, you know, it's like I'm getting speeding tickets in the mail. I'm getting you know toll booth tickets in the mail. I'm like, you, you didn't stop at the toll booth, I'm like. Well, I didn't see anybody there. I'm like, well, you can't just drive through it. <laughs> you know, he's like, come on, man. You know, they they still have the little change thing that you can toss your change in if nobody's there. Yeah, well, I think some of the states, I think like Florida now, they're going like where you have to have the sun pass. And if you don't have the sun pass or whatever, you just drive through. Because uh, I think a lot of those are unmanned out there. So you just drive through and then they send you the bill in the mail. And the problem is, like, if you had the sun pass, okay, the toll is like a dollar. Well, if you don't have a sun pass because you don't live in Florida, uh, they charge you the dollar and then it's like a $35 processing, processing fee. fee. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this dude? Yeah. This toll booth cost me like 40 bucks, $36. Yeah. So yeah. And speedy tickets and stuff, man. 
bro, you're you're a good man, Charlie Brown, because it'd be like, hey, you got a speeding ticket in the mail. Why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and Venmo, Venmo me that money? Well, I can't because the, the problem with it, it's like being married because right now she's in school and she saved, I mean, she, she's done a good job. She saved up a lot of money to, to go to school. She knew she was going to be out there for two and a half years and, you know, she's got, you know, she can't work obviously. And, and that's what she's living off of. Uh, but, you know, we have to help her out and pick up, you know, whatever's left over and she's got an apartment and all that other stuff or whatever. So it's like, well, whatever money I take from her now, I'm going to have to give it back to her at the end anyway, you know, to get her through school. So it's like, well, we uh, might as well just go ahead and eat the cost because, you know, it's every hundred bucks you take now. Well, I'm just going to end up giving it back to her to make sure she can finish her school. And, you know, cause that's our goal. We want to make sure she finishes debt free. And, and like I said, she's done more than her, her fair share and effort to make sure that happens. Uh, but we're just there to try to help subsidize it and help make life a little bit easier for her. But yeah, it's, uh, one more yeah. year, brother. One more year. One more year. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I get it. And I'll, you know, I'll sit here and, you know, talk yang as uh as luke puts it um but i'll probably wind up and uh i'll probably wind up and be in the same the same boat um <laughs> you don't have a choice dude you don't have a choice when they go to college it's like you know it's like no it, it's no different between your wife getting a ticket you know it's like hey babe do you can give me uh you can give me the money you can write me the check so i can pay this. No, it comes out of the same pot either way this is what yeah. it goes yeah no that's true that's very true um yeah so she's got she's got a year a year left yeah, she starts her, she actually goes back next week, and then I think she's got uh, like maybe two or three more months of school, and then it's all clinicals, man, from from there on out. Nice. So she's on the, you know, now she's got to execute, obviously, you know, at first it's sure. all academic and in class or whatever, but, you know, I think it's kind of nice to actually be out there in the field now doing her stuff. So she'll travel around the country for, I think, six months or something like that, six months to a year. She'll travel oh, around nice. the country and just do rotations in, you know, different hospitals and clinics and stuff like that, figure out what she wants to do, go back. Graduate, take the test, and uh, become an American tax-paying citizen, paying more than her fair share. Nice, paying more than her fair share. Hey, man, somebody's got, dude. Somebody's got to fund Ukraine. Zelensky can't do this by himself. And, Good uh, lord, dude. He's going to invest it now. It looks like he's going to uh, he's going to invest it in you know the the World Economic Forum. Looks like he's throwing his hat into the uh, you know the ring and our money into the pot with. Uh, Klaus Schwab and uh and all of them I saw that and it was just like and we just gave that dude 45 billion dollars like you like this is it is it is it's absolutely crazy and now they're comparing him to Winston Churchill do you see all that yeah dude, unbelievable unbelievable they're they're comparing him to Winston Churchill and I tweeted I'm waiting for uh you know I'm waiting for my personal Twitter account to uh to get banned you know like our uh like the C3 Twitter account um, you know, because I, I retweeted, somebody posted a picture of him and, you know, then a picture of Winston Churchill next to each other. And I was like, you know, and so of course I had to comment because even though, you know, I have the right to remain silent, I don't have the ability. I was like, yeah, I said, I said, one of these people actually fought Nazis and the other man is named Zelensky, <laughs> you know, and then I hashtagged it with the, uh, with the Azov battalion. Um, it's like this guy, after all the talk, we talked, you know, we said this before, after all the talk about, you know, here, here at home and the left, we're like, Oh, punch a Nazi in the face. It's like, this guy has literal Nazis in his army, in his military. And people are demanding that you give them money and, you know, demanding you put a Ukraine flag in your, uh, in your Twitter profile. It's absolutely crazy. 
Dude, it, you know, and it all started when he came to visit the White House. He was wearing his tracksuit or whatever. And they were like, well, what's wrong with that? Winston Churchill wore, you know, they showed the, his garb or whatever that he was wearing at the time. And, you know, I don't know the circumstances, all that visit or whatever. But, you know, it just goes back to, and, and I think you brought this up before. I don't blame Zelensky for what he's doing. Okay, no, he's trying to he's trying to do what he's got to do to fund his country, take as much money as you can, defend his country, and other you know uh, you know other objectives that he has down the road. What bothers me is you know we sit here and we talk about well hey if Elon Musk would just give up you know thirteen billion dollars we could end world hunger if he would just give up five billion dollars we could end you know homelessness in America and this and that we, you know what this new omnibus bill. And we'll kind of get into that because I, I want to get some of your thoughts on that. I think it's a, it's another round of what forty five billion dollars to Ukraine. Yep. So we got to be over what a hundred billion dollars now, right? Easy. Unbelievable. Easy. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the exact. I don't know the exact amount. Um, but it's a it it it's definitely over a uh, it's definitely over a billion. Um, but we didn't have five billion to build a wall. That was too that was too expensive. And that's what kills me. It's like, hey. I don't mind. I mean, I get it. Okay. I understand, you know, foreign aid. I understand force projection and things like that. And you have strategies and interests around the world and you have to fund those things. And I have no issues with with any of that stuff. The problem is I want to see some accountability, right? Hey, where's the money? Because here's the deal. They want to go after you for your $601 that you Venmoed somebody, right? Because they did some work around your house or whatever. But nobody has a clue where the $100 billion uh, that we sent to Ukraine, we don't know where it's going. We don't know how it's being spent. And the bigger issue is we're not taking care of things here at home. You take care of things here at home first, and then with the money that you have left over, you take that. And, and granted, we don't have any left over, right, because we, we run a deficit every year. But you take the money that you have left over, and that's when you say, okay, what are our interests around the world uh, we need to prioritize these. This is how we're going to split it up. This is, you know, how much money we're going to give to to whomever. We're not doing that. And we're not even taking care of the issues at home. I and mean, we, we sit here and we ha- still have this, you know, border crisis out here that half the left now was like, eh, there's no border crisis. Like Biden literally flew out to Phoenix and was a 40 minute, you know, plane ride from the border, uh, but couldn't do it because he was out doing a fundraiser. You know, dude, it's 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 unbelievable. It's absolutely insane. So you talk about the omnibus bill that just passed. So what's your initial thoughts on this one point seven trillion dollar omnibus bill that was passed? Uh, obviously, bipartisan support, both the uh, Democrats and the Republicans. It's garbage. It's it's absolute garbage. Um, when you really start breaking down the the bill and you see where you know, that, that, that money is appropriated for, it is absolute garbage. One, we don't have $1.7 trillion to be spending. It was like you said, you know, we run a deficit every year, even after 2021, 2021, the United States government took in a record amount of taxes. It was like, it was over 4 trillion. It was four, I think 4.4, it was 4.2, 4. For trillion dollars, the most it's ever taken in, and then turn around and still ran over a two trillion dollar deficit. And so, anybody who's passed again, we we've said this before. Anybody who's passed first grade math knows that if you spend more than you take in, you're going to be in the red, and you will forever be in the red as long as you continue to do that. 
so we didn't have the money to spend. The fact that a sizable chunk went to, you know, went to Ukraine is absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, yeah, that, that we continue to, you know, to fund them. Um, and when you turn around and you look at some of the other things that, you know, that that bill paid for is, is, is nuts. It went to, you know, there's a bunch of money that went to, uh, went to the alphabet people. Um, and then and by the alphabet people, I'm not talking about agencies. I'm talking about alphabet people as Dave Chappelle, you know, describes the, the alphabet people. Um, you know, it went to build a, uh, it's going to build a park, a Michelle Obama, uh, you know, dedicated park in, in Washington, D.C. Because that's really, because that's what the, that, that's important to the country right now. And that's really what we need to, you know, we need to spend money on, um, you know, and that, and that would go for a park for anybody. I don't care who it is. It's just not what we need to do right now. Um, and, you know, and then everybody's, you know, pet projects. Um, I saw uh, Elizabeth Warren come out and talk about how she, you know, she got a bunch of money for, you know, her state and, uh, and everything. And that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, okay, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, they're supposed to take care of their constituents and the people who put them there. But that bill is not good for the country. Um, and there was also, you know, a lot of money in there that was dedicated to, you know, red flag laws um, for firearms and more money. And it is where really people didn't you didn't hear a whole lot about this, but it's in there is there's a lot of money for the CDC for gun research, um, you know, gun crimes and gun research. And I'm like, why? Does, what does that have to do? with the center for disease control. Like what does that, what do firearms have to do with the center for disease control? Like it, to me, that's just one of those, you know, we, we saw the power that was, you know, delegated, delegated to the CDC and the power that the government allowed the CDC to wield, you know, during COVID. And it was scary, um, you know, because they, they, they did it by proxy uh, basically. And, you know, to, to give them a whole bunch of money to, you know, start kind of wielding that same power against, you know, the second amendment is, is, is not positive. Um, so I, I think the bill was bad business all around. Um, and the Republicans that voted, you know, for that bill, obviously it was the same, you know, it was the same names that we generally hear, you know, all the time we talk about them too, you know, it was the, the Collins and the Murkowski's and the Romney's, and, you know, so none of the names were surprising on there, except for Tom Cotton. I was I was surprised to hear or, you know, to see Tom Cotton's name, uh, you know, beside the uh, Republicans that voted for that bill. No. Well, it's because of the TikTok ban. He, he got his TikTok legislation in there. And, and that's that's why he voted for it. It's, it's, it's so dumb. Is that so that's why? Yeah. So he got his. T- oh, Jesus. Come that's another thing with these bills, man. They have to be like each individual and there, there should be an omnibus should not be allowed anymore. Agreed. They, they should do away with those. Um, they should not be allowed. If you want to pass legislation, it is a standalone bill. You want to pass and ban TikTok from all government devices. Guess what? That's its own bill. You want to fund the, you know, the, the, you know, the whatever bridge in, you know, rural Massachusetts. Fine. That's a, that's his own bill. That's a standalone bill. Um, he just, you can't, and, and that's it, the way it used to be. We used to have 12 or 14 or something like that appropriation committees. 
yep. they would sit there and, and and like you said, they would have to go through and say, okay, this is this is the money we want for you know Department of Defense. And you would legislate that. And then you would go through and this is what we want for infrastructure and this is what we want for whatever. What they found was both sides, you know, Republicans and Democrats, it was too close to the line item veto that never passed, right? To where you could, you know, the president could go through and say, you know what, this all makes sense, uh, but why are we doing this right here? Let's 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 remove this. Let's remove that. Let's remove this. It was too close to line item veto. And what you're realizing is that whether you're Democrat or Republican, they're all the same. It's all about getting what they want and lining their pockets. And McConnell, he got up there, and here's what pisses me off: McConnell declared it a victory for the Republicans because they got more money for the Defense Department than the Democrats did for their their earmark projects. But they're they're all earmarks, right? Yeah. Um, going through what uh, House Appropriations Chairwoman Rosa DeLora from Connecticut. So she bragged that it fulfills 98% of the Democratic members' requests in the House with $5.4 billion for the you know, 3,213 Democratic projects. Going along the lines of what you were saying, so here's, a, here's a, just some of the stuff that's in there. And this is called pork, right? It's pork and barrel spending that kind of went away, sort of, kind of, for a little bit, it seems like, for a couple of years. And then now it's just back full force, and it's back full force of Republicans and, and Democrats. You've got $1.2 million for LGBTQIA plus pride centers, another 1.2 million for support services for DACA recipients uh, at San Diego Community College, 477,000 for the Equity Institute in Rhode Island, 1 million for Zora's House in, in Ohio, 3 million for the American LGBTQ plus museum in New York City, 3.6 million for the Michelle Obama Trail in Georgia, uh, down in your neck of the woods. So I, I'm looking forward to you taking some selfies on that trail. Uh, $750,000 for LGBT and gender non-conforming housing in Albany, New York, $2 million for the Great Blacks and Wax Museum in Baltimore, uh, $856,000 k for the LGBT Center in New York, $750,000 k for the Trans-Latin Act Coalition, $2 million for MLK Labor in Washington, $1 million for the Equity Incubator at the University of Shady, at the universities at Shady Grove in Maryland, and another $791,000 uh, equitable energy, resilience, and EV infrastructure in Sonoma, California. Those are tax-paying dollars. You know, those are our tax-paying dollars. And that's my problem. It's, it's, it goes back to states managing themselves. Hey, look, if you live in Maryland and you're a taxpayer in Maryland and you guys and gals want to fund a trail to whomever, hey, that's on you, man. That's on you and your you what you want locally in your community and what you are willing to, to fund and pay for. You know, I don't know why I have to fund a running trail in Georgia. I don't think that was the intent. You know, but it goes back to what you're saying with the whole omnibus bill. It's like those shouldn't even be allowed. It should go back to your individual appropriation committees. Hey, this is what we're going to spend. Because what they realize, what they don't realize is that, and maybe they do, they just don't care. It's like these are our dollars, my dollars in Arizona and your dollars in North Carolina and, and Luke's dollars in and Texas that are going to all of these other side projects. And it's not just Democrats. Republicans are just as guilty. They spend just as much on their own, you know, pork and, you know, pork and barrel spending and, and earmarks. What kills me is that the GOP used to be known as fiscal conservatives. And I think that I feel pretty safe in saying this, that with this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, what you're saying is not even $1.7 trillion. It'll end up being uh, $1.85, if not $2 trillion dollars. Dude, fiscal conservatism is dead. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you've heard the term fiscal conservative? It's gone, man. 
It's gone, and, and it's heartbreaking because you sit here as you talk about, you know, inflation at another 7.1%. And it's like the White House is celebrating it. And what people don't realize is, okay, as we've mentioned many times, inflation is year over year. So it's 7.1% over last year, which was also 7% over the year before that. Yep. Dude, it, it, it blows my mind. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. It kills me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ben Franklin once said, rather go to bed without dinner than to rise in debt. Um, and, you, and you're right. There is no the, – the fiscal conservatism is, is gone. It is dead. Uh, I think, you know, when you talk about Congress, Rand Paul is, prob- is, is the only one left, uh, you know, who, who, even, who even bothers to even, you know, call things out anymore. Uh, you know, when it comes to this stuff and he's, you know, one thing I you know like about Rand Paul is he's not afraid to call out the GOP, um, you know, as well on their shenanigans. Uh, but the GOP knows, um, as, uh, you know, as do the Democrats, it's not, it's, it's not that they don't know, uh, they know they don't care, like you said, because they're not being held accountable. Like nobody holds them accountable. So what if they, you know, if they sign on to this omnibus bill, but does it matter? Because dude, they're, they're not, they're, they're not up for election for, you know, X number of years that this will do this thing will be out of the news cycle next week. It, it, know, already, when, is. it already is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Christmas, Whenever, New Year's. Yeah. Christmas, New Year's, Trump's taxes, you know, Ukraine, um, you know, Andrew Tate, all that stuff, dude, that's all it, this is going to be out of the news next week. Whenever, when the federal government, when they show back up to work, it's going to be old news in a couple of years when, you know, somebody goes into the voting booth to, you know, to, to pull that lever for, you know, for Tom Tillis here in North Carolina, they're not going to remember this ominous bill. It is going to be the last thing they think about. And so that is, you know, we have a, uh, you know, we got the, the 24 hours news cycle. Everybody operates nowadays in 240 characters or less, you know, uh, kind of, you know, thought process. Nobody really pays attention to, to the long-term, uh, you know, the downstream effects of things like this. And, uh, you know, they'll go in there and they'll say, well, who are we going to vote for? Well, not voting for the Democrat. And so they'll pull that lever for, you know, for the Tom Tillis's and the Murkowski's and the Collins and, you know, everybody and, you know, and then around and around we'll go, um, you know, and, and nobody will talk about, here's the other thing people won't talk about. People aren't going to talk about Liz Cheney, you know? So it, this, this was pretty interesting, right? Cause everybody's up in arms about Trump's taxes, which were an absolute nothing burger. If there, if you talk about a nothing burger in the history of nothing burgers, his taxes are the nothing It's truly the, one of the biggest nothing burgers. Cause you know, people are like, Oh, we want to see his taxes, you know, scandalous, you know, they're guaranteed he's cheating on his taxes. He's not paying taxes, you know, blah, blah. Or they release his taxes. And he's like, and they're like, this dude actually lost money in elected office. Like he came out of elected office poor than when he went in. And you're like, yes, that was that that is the way it's supposed to be because you're not supposed to go into public office and enrich yourself right that's not how that's supposed to work but liz cheney in 2017 liz cheney had an estimated net worth of 7 million dollars 
in 2017. In 2018, Liz Cheney's net worth was $14.7 million. Now that Liz Cheney is done with elected office, because her state of Wyoming clearly voted her out. Like, I mean, and it wasn't even close. Her estimated net worth is now $44 million. Now, somebody do the math for me on a $175,000 a year salary in five years. How did you go from being worth $7 million to being worth $44 million? It's and nobody will bat an eye. Nobody it's will criminal. bat an eye. And people people make excuses for him. People are like, well, she invested really well. Well, I wonder what information she had <laughs> to invest really well. Right? It's the same, it's the same excuse people make for you know Pelosi. It was like, well, her husband's just a, he's a smart investor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, you know, he just happens to uh he just happens to buy stock and sell stock at about the same time that legislation goes into effect that kind of impacts that that stock value and people are like well no it's fine it's fine it's you know it's just they're really good investors i'm like ah no i want to see i don't want to see trump's tax returns because that dude left office poor then when he came in i want to see the person who became a millionaire while they were in elected office that's who i want to see and then i want to overlay that onto a time events you know Okay, when when was laws passed that affected these stock prices? Uh, okay, who signed those laws? Uh, okay, that's what it, that's what people need to be looking at. But nobody will. Again, man, people are going to go in that voting booth and they're going to be like, "Oh, I got to vote Republican because you know can't let that Democrat win." Heck no. So, oh, are y'all talking about Crenshaw? <laughs> oh no, but he's you know he's he's one of them. We're talking about how Liz Cheney went from uh, a net worth of seven million dollars in 2017 to a net worth of 44 million dollars uh, this year. Well, and and going off, so here's some numbers. So you talk about uh, former President Trump. So when Trump entered office, Forbes estimated that he was worth about four billion dollars. Uh, when Trump left office. They factored his net worth at $2 billion. He lost half of his net worth while he was in office. Now, obvious reasons for that, right? Because he was the president and he's not working you know, as, as head of the Trump organization and running that business, bringing in revenue. So he's going to lose money. He's not lining his pocket. So these people get out there. It's like you said, dude, at 175 k a year, one, I can't even fathom. You know, It's like when we started Culper's Canteen Cup, you know, my net worth was like $7. And now that we're year two into this thing, my net worth is probably like $5. I can't even imagine that these politicians come in here and make 30 or $40 million uh, you know, off of their positions as a government, as an elected government official. But Dude, it's, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah. But, and, and nobody, and the, the biggest problem though, it's like you said with Zelensky, I don't, I don't fault Zelensky for, for going to the, you know, showing up to the gold mine and be like, Hey, give me some of that gold. Hey man, if somebody's stupid enough to give it to them, Hey, by all means, you know, there is no ramifications. There's no consequence for their bad behavior. They're continuously rewarded for their bad behavior. 
because people continue to vote these idiots into office. Dude, it's insane. And when you talk about the tax returns, so here's the one thing. I think Luke has actually brought this up before. Believe me, if there was something in Trump's tax returns, they would have been leaked years ago. A hundred percent. That would have been out years ago. Uh, so here, you know, and I went to a, some, I think it was like Salon or Atlantic or whatever uh, left side uh, website. Their big, uh, you know, the, the smoking gun in Tr- Trump's tax returns. And this isn't even his personal stuff. It's it's his it's tied in with his business, the Trump organization, there's a Chinese bank account. Okay. So he has a bank account that's in China and it's like, well, because his business does business with China and has to pay taxes in China and not only China, there's like, I think, uh, what 17 or 18 other countries that his business, the Trump organization does a business with. So guess what? He has accounts and all this. And they're like, well, we need to know what those ties are. You know, we need to know what that influence. Well, let me tell you what the ties and influence, the fact that he went from 4 billion net worth to 2 billion net worth. I, I don't really question that anymore. You know, I really don't, you know, it's, it's the Bidens that go the other way. And, 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 and the Republicans are just the same that go the other way. Those are the ones that, that I want to know. They're talking about the Chinese bank account, talking about loans to his children, right? Which by the way, those parents, I mean, I wasn't smart enough to, to know this when I was a kid or younger as a young adult, but when I, so when I, when I went through the transition from, uh, you know, from the military to civilian life and you go through the, the self tap or whatever the heck it is, you sit through, you know, one of these finance classes and, uh, the guy was like, well, you need to start an LLC and you need to start paying your kids a wage. And he goes, you need to stop giving allowances. And, you know, if you're going to give your kids money, make sure you do it as a gift, make sure you do it as a loan. Cause you know, you can write all this stuff off anyway. What you're finding is that like me, you know, the majority of Americans have no clue about how, you know, his business taxes work. I mean, that's just the reality of it. He's, he's not going in on a 1040 easy and filling out his taxes and they don't know the difference between, you know, his business finances and his personal finances. The other thing is they you know, they sit there and they beat him up over the amount of taxes that he pays. So does anybody go to H and R block and say, Hey, I actually want to pay more taxes this year. I mean, what do we all do? We all have the same strategy, right? Like I want to pay the least amount of money possible. And Hey man, if I can roll the dice and legally get a refund, I'll take that. And any of the listeners out there, you know, you've got buddies and friends that, that complain and bitch about this. You know what? Any of them can send a check to the treasury department and they will gladly accept it and cash it. A hundred percent. And that's the thing is every, it, it, it still boggles my mind. And and this is is it just Trump? But people sit here, and you know you'll hear you know Warren and Sanders and you know all these clowns come out and say, "Well, these people aren't paying their fair share. Bezos didn't pay anything in taxes this year, you know." Well, and you're like, "Okay, one, it's because he's smart, right? Who who wants to pay more taxes so they can fund the Michelle Obama trail in Georgia? Exactly. And number two. Last time I checked, the legislative branch is the one who writes the law. So if you don't like the tax code and you don't like how you know rich folks are leveraging the tax code to their benefit, then rewrite the damn tax code. But you won't do that because it's benefiting you as well because you're making millions while in Congress. And you, you know damn well you don't want to pay taxes, pay any more in taxes than you absolutely have to. 
it's all it's it, it's absolutely it, it, it drives me nuts and so many people eat that stuff up so many low information voters and so many just just ignorant people are like yeah that's crazy they don't i can't believe they don't pay taxes it's like i i can't believe you don't understand why <laughs> is and, and he's using, you know, hey, man, if you want to close these loopholes or whatever, then do that. But don't blame me or blame him for, for using what's out there. And I tell you, here's the thing. I am fine, and, and I'll throw it over to Luke to get his thoughts on this. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with him pulling Trump's taxes and any other sitting president. I have no problems. I want them to be able to pull every elected politician's taxes. Let's not stop with Trump. 100%. Let's go down the line. Let's go down the line. Real quick before I kick it over to Luke for his thoughts on it. The uh, So here's a list of the Republicans who voted in favor of the of the omnibus bill. And I think it was like 18 of them. So you had Roy Blunt, Missouri, uh, John Boozman, Arkansas, Shelly Capito, West Virginia, Susan Collins, no surprise there, Maine, John Cornyn, Texas, Tom Cotton, Arkansas. Both those names kind of, you know, again, Tom Cotton with the TikTok. I was kind of surprised with the Cornyn. Uh, Lindsey Graham, South Dakota or South Carolina, no surprise. Uh, Jim Infol. Uh, or in uh, Oklahoma, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, no surprise. Jerry Moran, Kansas, no surprise. Murkowski, Alaska, no surprise. Portman, Ohio, no surprise. Romney, Utah, no surprise. Mike Rounds, uh, South Dakota. Richard Shelby, Alabama. John Thune, South Dakota. Roger Wicker, Mississippi, and Todd Young in Indiana. So with that, uh, Luke, you know, we we're talking a little bit about the omnibus bill, omnibus bill, and the uh, and the Trump tax returns. So any any smoking guns in any any one of those outside of the and by the way, we are to the question I asked Josh earlier about the money we sent to Ukraine. It's uh, over forty-eight billion now. Oh, I thought it was more than that, um, but I guess not. I thought I thought it was way more. I thought it was double that, but I guess that's good news. It's not double that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I uh, start off with the omnibus. I mean, obviously, the reason the Republicans wanted to past that the ones who voted for it there's probably a number of reasons one were earmarks also known as pork within the bill each one of those each one of those people who uh voted for that i'm sure got something out of it number two the republicans are scared to death of a government shutdown they're scared to death of it because it looks bad on them which it, it kind of does 48 billion from january to november so last january to this november okay Ugh. It's a lot of money. So anyway, uh, they're scared to death. Uh, they're scared to death of a government shutdown. It always reflects poorly on them because the Democrats are always like, "Well, we we don't want to shut the government down. Just vote yes, and you know, get to shut the government down. You don't. You know, we don't have to shut the government down." But Republicans are always going to take the blame for that. So they didn't want that, I'm sure. Um, but you know, Shelby, good lord. I mean, the guy is done in January. That's it. I mean, make a stand, dig your heels in. But I'm sure there's there's just so much going on behind the scenes with an omnibus like this. It's it's sickening. It really is. I mean, how much money we're spending. So with the tax thing, I really, you know, obviously, I think the three of us would agree. We might not agree on the amount that we should just do away with the current tax code completely and make it that one page deal that uh, somebody was touting. That was that Ron Paul, Rand Paul was saying we could make the entire uh uh, tax code fit on one piece of eight and a half by 11 paper. Yep. And basically it would just be, it would be one of two things, actually. It'd be a flat tax, uh, which still, ta- if you believe taxation is theft, then you're against the flat tax, right? Uh, income tax, that is. But we'll just, we'll leave that alone for now, table that and say, you know, 
we'll have a flat tax. Would it be 15%? Would it be 20? Uh, so on and so forth. I, I would say no higher than 20. Uh, but I, I would lean more toward the 15%. But then there's the other camp that's like, no, let's just make it all a fair sales tax. You know, let's just do that. Uh, national sales tax, almost like a value added tax that they have in Europe. Y'all remember that? That was fun. But, you know, but I think Rand and Ron Paul were for a combination of those two. Uh, But that will never happen. Why? Because of what you guys were saying, because the super rich with their, you know, army of accountants and, you know, internal auditors and all this stuff, they they're allowed or they're able to get around the tax code and pay actually less than like a 15 to 20 percent flat tax uh, on personal income. And, you know, corporate taxes, stuff like that. You know, I I imagine the corporate tax rate would probably be maybe longer than one sheet of paper. I don't know. Maybe not. But, um, you know, one thing I've always said, I think that for anyone employed by the federal government, immediately dock their pay by 30 percent. And that that includes soldiers, too. And then they don't have to pay any kind of federal income tax. Zero. Because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Why soldiers and federal employees get, you know, their paycheck from the taxpayer, but yet they still pay taxes for their own paycheck. It doesn't make any sense. Dock the pay just automatically right off, right off the top. Dock the pay, you know, whatever you think, whatever it would be, what it'd be about 30%, Roger, 33, something like that. Roger's nodding. Yes. Uh, And then they don't pay federal tax anymore. Easy. Right. I mean, just, but that would make too much sense. So we're not going to do that. Trump's tax returns. I, I really, I'm off the Trump train. I don't care. I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. Uh, there, there's stuff that's a lot more important to be than that. But I'll tell you who do, does care is all the, the super uh, mega maga Trump haters. Man, they care about it a lot. I think Peter Strzok and Alec or Vindman have, uh, well, they've blocked Culper's Canteen Cup, which we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> <Culper>. <laughs> Awesome. In fact, I might tra- I might transition to badge of honor. to that. I might transition to that if you don't, you guys don't mind. But boy, I'll tell you, Vindman and uh, and uh, Strzok are really all about that account in China. You know, if I ever run for president, which I won't, but I'll be in big trouble because I still have a bank account in Slovenia that has like six hundred euro in it, and I'm not able to get it out unless I go back and physically close the account. And it open it's open for twenty five years, and then they automatically close it. So. Maybe, you know, maybe if I go back, I'll finally close that account. But yeah, I have, I've, I have holdings overseas, if you will. I have to note that on my EPSQ next time. So if it's okay with you guys, I want to go to the Twitter thing and go for it. Okay. So, uh, Josh, I think it was Josh, uh, posted something the other day. I didn't see the original, uh, tweet, but I think Josh was, uh, Replying, Josh, were you replying to a tweet? I've got it right here in front of me. Or did you just tweet this? Um, so I was, I was quote tweeting uh, okay. someone. So you were, you were, yeah. So it's like you were retweeting with a quote. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was about a drag show, right? Yeah, a drag show in uh, oh, okay. Orlando. Okay. So this, this was Josh's exact tweet from the Culper's Canteen Cup uh, Twitter page. Quote. Were the kids really present for this? CC at Jeremy Redfern, Florida, at Brian D. Griffin, hashtag Florida, hashtag DeSantis, hashtag trans, hashtag mental illness. And Twitter said, 
We have determined that this account has violated uh, Twitter rules, violating our rules against hateful conduct. Uh, that's it. Hateful conduct. And they basically blocked our account. We could still look at Twitter, but we can't like anything. We can't comment on anything for a whole week. So I'm like, wow, that's, uh, you know, a lot of times Josh will go off half cock like he did on Facebook a lot. And it's like, okay, now I can see why, you know, it's free speech and everything, but I can, I understand their, their rules, their terms of service. I, I get it. I get why they did it. Whatever. But this one, I, I had to look at it and be like, how on earth is this hateful conduct? And I, I'm guessing, and maybe you guys uh, will agree or disagree that it's because of the hashtag trans that alone is fine, I guess. But the next hashtag mental illness, I think whatever moderator looked at that, uh, said, well, that's hateful conduct. You're calling uh, trans people have mental illnesses. So, you know, I, I, in retrospect, you know, I, I, I made a unilateral decision, which was wrong. And I just said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll deal with it. We're not going to appeal this because I've heard appeals take up to 30 days on Twitter. And I was like, screw it. Let's just go ahead and take the six day block. And, uh, and, and that'll be that. That was a mistake. I should have, we should have, uh, we should have disputed that because Look, in the DSM, DSM-5 Diagnostic Statistical Manual that is accepted by doctors throughout the U.S., throughout the world, actually, uh, it, it basically classifies every possible disability, illness, so on and so forth, uh, having to do with the brain. And they classify, and I don't have it right here in front of me, I should have pulled it up before before I got on got in here, I tweeted from the AJ Todd FMS account that, you know, the DSM-5 clearly spells out that transsexual, trans anything is a mental disability, which I guess that's not the same as illness. I don't, I don't know. But the fact is either the, D I think we've said this before, the DSM, either it needs to change or, you know, what? We can't speak truth. We saw a lot of this during COVID, but according to DSM, which is, again, American Medical Association all agrees that it's it's the end-all be-all reference for mental illnesses, your mental disabilities. And trans is in there. And uh, I mean, I could post up exactly what paragraph it, 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 it that covers that. But um, yeah, Josh, I mean, that was a... <laughs> I guess that's strike one for the Culper's Canteen Cup. I guess we have two more strikes, however Elon's going to do it. But I'm a little disappointed that, you know, Elon Musk took over and we we're all excited about it. Uh, but this is the first time the Culper's Canteen Cup Twitter profile has been blocked, has been uh, shut down. Is whatever it? You want, whatever you want. I, I'm sure Josh got his blocked like two or three times before, uh, right? Did he? I don't, I, I don't remember that. I don't know, man. I know my personal account's been uh, been blocked a few times. You know, here and there. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, I, I want to go back and read. It, you know, it, basically, Josh just said, were kids really present for this? And then he hashtag Florida, DeSantis, trans and mental illness. And we got shut down for seven days for that. It's like, Josh, is it a mental illness or not? Is there a difference between a disability and an illness or... Or what? So I'm not remotely smart enough to uh, to answer that question off the top of my head. I'd have to do some digging, uh, you know, with 
the nuances between disability and illness and is it or is it not um one the dsm says it is right so there's a there's a very large group of medical professionals who say who say it is uh and me personally again you know like you know we, we've said it before we're not doctors but we can read and anyone who thinks they are something that they're not is yeah man especially you're you're an adult yeah hey man you know it's the people who think that they're dogs and people who think that they're you know they're cats it's like ah dude like we used to have these places for for people like that uh they were called insane asylums right they were generally called state hospitals and that's you know people went there they got their lithium and um you know and, and they got fed three times a day and they were taken care of. Uh, but nobody entertained their, their thoughts and, you know, their, uh, disorder or illness, whatever you call it, you know, whichever bin that it, that it nests in. Um, but you know, that was cruel and unusual. So we shut those down and then we released those people into the wild. And here we are. Uh, there was a, there was a person, um, I don't want to guess, you know, our YouTube account banned here. Uh, there was a person who claimed they were biologically born a girl, a female, and went through gender reassignment surgery and said that they actually grew a penis because they were taking testosterone. And they're like, I have, I have grown a, and it, it's all, it was on Twitter. I, I, I retweeted it. Um, and I tagged, uh, I tagged C3 in it, but it was like, I like, wait, what, what? And this person, like this person was, th this person was adamant, right? This person was adamant. I can't, you know, they're like, oh, I can't show it but I have grown a penis because I was taking testosterone. And I was like, huh? And, but th this person demands to be taken seriously. I'm sorry, I can't take that person seriously on anything, right? It's the same. There was a there was a guy who was a born a biological male the other day on Twitter who was rolling around on the bed holding their stomach, complaining about how their menstrual cramps were so bad that they couldn't work, that they had to call in sick to work because their menstrual cramps were so bad. And it's like, bro, you you don't you you don't have menstrual cramps why well for starters you don't have a uterus you don't have like it's like do you understand like what menstrual cramps are do you understand what they're coming from i can't take that person seriously and when that person demands to be taken seriously it's either it's either they are trying to play a game, right? They're just like, oh, you know, eventually they're going to come out. It's like when we were kids, you know, you're talking to them, then you're like, ah, oh, psych. You know, everybody laughs. We're like, oh, or you have a disorder. Regardless, I'm not taking you seriously. And at a certain point, I'm going to have to take you seriously and I'm going to have to, you, you need to be medicated and you need to be sent to, you know, one of the insane asylums that we, that we just don't, you know, closed. Um, so I, I just, man, these people, 
the alphabet people, again, it all started back when we just want to get married. Like, we just want to be left alone and get married. That's it. And it's like, oh, man, slippery slope. And then, you know, you had those people who was like, oh, slippery slope fallacy. Right? And you're like, no, nah, man, like, this leads to other things. Did you see what came out in Scotland today? Scotland will now, now legally, legally, will refer to pedophiles as minor attracted persons. So, slippery slope. Slippery slope, fellas. Her, her, her. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We're, we are now here to where we are going to, we are going to be forced to accept pedophilia. All because we were told we had to, you know, entertain the, the mental disorder. Or illness, or just whatever, whatever it is. I don't know what the correct term. Well, that's how they that's how they normalize it, right? I mean, that's how you normalize it. You take away any uh, any word or any meaning that that you know makes it sound like it's not good. Uh, you know, you you know, you, you try to desensitize the population from it. So the DSM five that Luke is talking about, it's actually pretty interesting, and, I, and maybe we'll post a link up so our, our folks can read it. So I'm not going to regurgitate all this stuff. So Luke was talking about. Um, you know, the difference between a mental disorder and an illness. And one of the things they talk about, like the medical definition of an illness is poor health resulting from disease of the body or mind versus mental disorder uh, is a disturbance of the normal physical or mental health of the mind or body. What's funny or not funny, I guess what's interesting about DSM-5 when you get to chapter four, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll publish the link up here. Uh, they start out, I mean, you know, they talk, they, they call it gender identity disorder. And the second paragraph was, hey, we compared this to DSM, I think it was three or whatever the heck it was, or DSM four. And we want to make sure that this is accurate. Uh, you know, do they need to remove it? Because homosexuality was like in DSM two back in the seventies or whatever. So they actually specifically mentioned this that, hey, look, we looked at this. Um, and said, hey, you know, do we need to weigh removing this and yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, and it's a short paragraph on it, but at the end of the day, uh, they said, no, it is a disorder. And they actually classify it. Um, let me skip down here, but they classify it into three uh, specific diagnoses. Uh, gender identity disorder of childhood, transsexualism uh, for adolescents and adults, and atypical gender identity disorder. Uh, a, a residual diagnosis. So, you know, it's a pretty good read. I actually want to read the chapter myself, but I'll, I'll put it up there for folks to, to read. At the end of the day, and, and I don't know, Luke and, and Josh may have similar thoughts or maybe, it, you know, totally opposite. I don't care. Like, whatever you want to do in your house, I could not care less. Couldn't care less. So, you know, hey, man, you want to do whatever you want to do in your house or you, whatever your preferences or whatever that is on you. I, I, I could not care less until it impacts me or impacts my kids, you know? And that's my problem when you start talking about uh, the drag shows and this and that never been to one. Uh, maybe they're fun. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't look down. you know, I, I don't know if my, it's, like, honestly, it's not even a conversation we've ever had, you know, Hey, you going to a drag show, whatever. I mean, people do whatever they want to do where I draw the line is, when you start to bring five and six year olds to them. Right. And I remember a specific incidents with my son when he was five years old. And I remember having a conversation 
Like, hey, look, I am not ready to have this conversation with my son yet. And this wasn't a reference to a drag show, but it was another event that, you know, along the, you know, very similar lines that that we we had to attend. And I'm like, well, I'm not bringing my kids because, you know, my, my son was five. My uh, middle daughter was uh, eight years old. I think it was to take both of them. I'm like, look, I'm not ready to have this conversation on, you know, why men are dressing up as women or women are dressing up as men or, or whatever. Uh, that I think that's where I draw the line. Okay. When you start to impact other people's lives, you start to impact other people, like the conversations, especially around that, that nature that they're going to have to have with their kids. So then of course you see the obvious retort that, well, Hey, you'll take your kid to Hooters. You know, this, well, you know what, here's the thing. And this goes back to DSM five. There are normal things in life. Right. And I don't mind exposing my kids to normal things. And by the way, at, at four years old, I'm not taking my kids to, to Hooters either. I mean, just, you know, generally speaking, Hey, if he's 10 or 11, that's great, whatever. But again, that's on you. Whatever conversation you're ready to have with your children at that time, just don't make that determination for me, right? So I'll throw it over to Luke. I think he's got a, uh, I think he had a story to tell, right? Yeah, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I, I told this story not long ago in this, uh, I, I don't think it was on the podcast. You, neither one of you guys remember, but I don't trust y'all's memories. So if, if I have told this on the podcast before, forgive me, but I do know that I've told this story recently in the context of discussing drag shows and I'm, I'm with Roger. I don't really care until it starts impacting kids and children who, uh, haven't brains haven't quite fully developed yet, which is interesting that the human brain doesn't fully develop until between 22 to 25 years of age. That's when the frontal cortex and all that stuff finally matures all the way. So yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I actually have been to a drag show, believe it or not, uh, way back in, I think it was 2001. I think it was 2001. I was, uh, I was dating some girl and I uh, believe she was, she was Muslim, but she was Jack Muslim. She's an Albanian yeah, and uh, Kosovar Albanian. <laughs> and she lived up in Louisville, Kentucky. And I would go see her, uh, occasionally. And, uh, one time I went to see her and she lived with her sister, her two sisters, and uh, they, they all three had jobs. They were on uh, refugee visas and uh, on their way to the pathway to citizenship, all that stuff. All, all three of them spoke English, very westernized. And like I said, Jack Muslim. They'll tell people they're Muslim, but they're not really. They don't even know what the five pillars are. They dang sure don't pray five <laughs> times a day. I tell you that. They eat bacon at Denny's, all that. So uh, they said, hey, we're going to go out to a show tonight. I was like, oh, uh, okay. It's downtown. It's in the theater, you know. I was like, I didn't know anything about it. They just said it was a singing show. <laughs> and we show up and I noticed, well, there seems to be a lot of homosexuals here, you know, but I, I you know, I don't care as long, you know, it makes me uncomfortable when they hit on me. Uh, but uh, all you have to say in my experience to homosexual that hits on you is, look, I'm not gay, I'm straight. And they most will leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think anything about it. I was like, well, it's a show, like a Broadway show. I, you know, might appeal to a certain whatever. And the program had a listing of all these ladies that were going to sing. And um, <laughs> the first one got up there and I was like, oh, I've heard about stuff like this, but I've never really seen it. The thing is, is, and it was just a bunch of men dressed as women who were performing and they were actually pretty good. You know, they were singing Celine Dion songs and, you know, really belting out those, those lyrics and those tunes. And it, it really wasn't bad. It's just, it wasn't for me. You know, I, I, but everybody seemed to really be into it. And especially, you know, the girl I was dating at the time and, and her 
her uh, her two sisters, and I was like, you understand that those are men, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it funny? And I'm like, God, I guess, I, I don't know. They were just really into it, and so was the whole crowd. But you know what? There were no children there. It was all adults. And I, I don't get the fascination with, with drag shows, but I, I don't have a problem if they have them, whatever. Okay, you, you've got your own thing, man. Everybody's got their weird stuff that they enjoy. Uh, but when it starts being catered to children, uh, drag queen story hour, you know, I bring your kids to this drag show. It just creates too many questions in an unformed mind, I believe. And, uh, but I also know that there are people out there that will go to their deathbed saying, no, children need to be exposed to this. And those are this. Yeah. I, Josh, is <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll kick it to you, Josh. It's just, it's back to the pedophilia thing. I will say that these types of parents who will go to their grave saying that their kids need to be exposed are the same ones that slippery slope in a few years won't have a problem with their 12 year old having a sexual relationship with someone over the age of 18, because it's just natural. And people say, no, it would never get to that point, dude. It will watch it. It will get to that point. We're on the road. There's no, there's no turning back from this. People are too messed up. I I believe our society is too far down the path to make a, a turnaround back to 1957. It's just not going to happen. And I think Josh has said it. Josh says it many times. You know, I think uh, my daughter was visiting and she said, she's like, well, how do we get back from this? And I would, I said, it would take something that would radically alter every single person's life, probably globally. And what would that be? Uh, Nuclear war, massive world, conventional world war, uh, asteroid impact, (laughs) you know, a, a major global, major global financial meltdown. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Josh, uh, do you agree or disagree that we're on the road to, and I think you already said it, so you can just maybe expand on it. We're we're down the road to pedophilia being normalized and actual pedophiles not getting prosecuted, saying that, oh, well, the child has a, has, has, has the ability to make that sort of decision because if they can make the decision to change their, to alter their sex at age 12 or 13 or whatever for the rest of their lives, well, then they can also make the decision to have sex with whomever they please. I mean, I think I think we're on that road. I, I think that, you know, they say that gender is fluid, right? Yep. They, they say that gender is fluid. Yeah. So why are we letting 12 year olds change their gender forever if gender is fluid? I don't know. So, Josh, your thoughts? That's that's my drag show story. Yeah. No, we're 100 percent too far down the road. Um, and. I, you know, so those parents, those, you know, those people, and, and I ask this question, you know, I ask this question on social media, uh, from time to time when, you know, these you know folks are like, well, yeah, you know, we should expose kids to this. And, you know, it came up during, you know, Florida's quote, you know, don't say gay bill, uh, which, you know, had nothing to do with that. Uh, you know, basically it, it said, you will not talk teach no curriculum, you know, to kindergartners to third graders about sex period. Right. And it was like, why is that? So like, why is that so controversial? Like, I don't understand why that's so controversial, you know, you know, then people came out and they were like, well, what if I, I'm a teacher. What if I get asked a question? It's like, you know what? That's a question you need to ask your parents, Johnny. 
That like, see how easy that was. Now open your math book, you know, and we're going to learn shapes and color. Like, see, like, that's super simple. That's how you handle that situation, Becky. And I didn't need to go to college for four years and get a teaching degree or a teaching certificate to learn that. So pay your, pay your student loans, deadbeat. Um, so <laughs> when you, you, you look at this and you're like, okay, well, so we should expose children to that. Fine. Can we teach the Bible in school? Oh, oh, we can't teach that. Oh, you don't want them to teach that. Why not? Oh, because you don't believe in the Bible. Oh, okay. So, so now we're going to limit what, what we teach them because you don't believe in that. Okay. Well, I don't believe that you should talk to third graders about sex or politics. Oh, but that's okay. We're going we're to make a concession for that. We're going to make an exception for that. I think we're too far down the road. I think, I, I, I think we, in the next five years, you will see pedophilia normalized in the United States. And I'm talking about five years. Certain, you think that's soon in five years. I'm talking, and I'm talking about, it's going to be codified in state law. So effective tonight at midnight, SB 107 goes into effect in California. All right. And so what SB 107 says, and I quote, California law enforcement agencies shall not knowingly make or participate in the arrest or participate in any extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant for violation of another state's law against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care. All right, so that's uh, California SB 107. Okay, now, now, now basically, what does that mean? They're going to become a sanctuary state for child mutilation. So you can, you know, you can, as a child, you can go there, you can get it done. As a parent, you can take your child there and get it done. And no other state, you know, even if you live in another state, you know, can't, can't come into California and, uh, and, and prosecute you. Or, you know, put the, put the cuffs on you and, uh, you know, take you back to, to a state. Again, people would be like, well, that's got nothing to do with pedophilia. Well, sure it does. Because you're already grooming those kids sexually to make them think that they need gender reassignment surgery. Right. So you're already, I mean, you know, that, that conversation's already happened. That's already being done. You've already got that kid confused enough. And how many cases have come out in the last, let's say, six months? We'll just go six months. We won't even go back a year or two years. How many cases of a lot of these folks who have come out, these teachers, you know, who are like, oh, you know, gender is fluid, like Luke said. And, you know, no, we're not grooming. And then they turn around and they come out and they've been arrested for sexually molesting a child. There's been a number of them. So don't tell me that these are just concerned parents, you know, just trying to help their kid through this really troublesome time, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, they're just trying to help their child understand the world. No, these people are flat out groomers. And, you know, there was Twitter before Elon Musk took over, you know, they, I mean, they were banning people for even saying groomer, right? YouTube's probably going to ban us for it, for me saying it. These kids are being sexually groomed and we are going to normalize pedophilia. In five years, in five years, and I guarantee you, it will be a state like California or Massachusetts that will be one of the first states to say, okay, well, 
like you said, like Luke said, it's going to be like, well, I mean, when I'm maybe 15 and 18, that's really not that much of an age difference, right? It's only three years. I mean, look at Leonardo, right? It's Josh, I think it's going to, I think, I think it's going to start with a real close look at the Romeo and Juliet laws. If you're familiar with those, it's going to start there. Uh, they're just, yeah, it's going, it, it, again, we talk about slippery slope, right? They're going to play it to where it's like, well, let's talk about Romeo and Juliet laws, right? Because what's really wrong with like in the state of Texas, you know, an 18 year old, you know, uh, you you know, who was a, who was a senior last year, dated the same girl all through high school, whatever. And, you know, 18 and 17. I mean, we need to kind of do away with that. That's how it'll start. Not in Texas. I guarantee it won't start in Texas. Like Josh said, California, Massachusetts, somewhere like that. But I believe it'll be a a gradual uh, incremental process uh, where it starts with the Romeo and Juliet laws. And then next thing you know, it's okay for, uh, you know, a a 42 year old man uh, and a 12 year old, you know. So I, I don't. Roger, you agree? Or disagree? Yeah, I think what ends up, I think you're spot on. I don't know what happens in five years. I do think, so there's a couple of things. One, you've got the, the gradual acceptance. It's not even the right term because I'll never accept it, but um, you, you have this gradual acceptance that happens over time, but then there's going to be something that's going to be more sudden. And what's going to happen is it's kind of like the law that, that Josh was just talking about. You're going to have that 42 year old man who gets arrested for the relationship with a 12 year old uh, goes to court and then is able to use one of those laws to his defense and be found not guilty. And that's going to happen fast. And when that happens, the floodgates open because once you start to have that, that precedence and again with, with laws, laws are very, you know, it, it is a slippery slope with laws because once you find that loophole, once you find that way around, everybody does. And everybody uses it, and they start to use that same argument over and over. So I, I do think there's going to be this gradual decay uh, where people more and more accept it. Uh, but I'm, I'm spot on with Josh. Like These people that push this and peddle this, they're sexual predators. They're groomers, period. There's nothing that you can say or do that will convince me that any teacher in America or in the world has to have a conversation about sex with my kindergarten, you know, kindergarten age kid, period. Or first grade or second grade or third grade. And I don't even know what, like, one, I hate the term gender, uh, you know, affirming because I don't even know what that means. Like, God kind of already, well, whatever God you believe in or whatever, you know, you either, you know, XXXY for the most part. I get it. There's a point zero 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 four percent that's out there that's XXY or whatever it is. But hey, you know, you, your your gender was already affirmed. You know, you're you're changing now is what you're doing, which you know probably goes back to the you know the whole transgender thing. But it, it just comes straight out to to where they're grooming and and they want acceptance for what they're doing because they know that what they're doing is wrong. And it goes back to again the the fundamental difference between the left and the right back in the day, and when we talked about fiscal conservatism and how that's dead, so that's no longer the difference. But you know, the main difference between the left and the right was the right doesn't care what you do as long as it doesn't impact me. Well, the left says, well, I want to be able to do what I want, and I want a law saying that you have to recognize it and accept it. And that's what you're starting to see with these laws out there. I mean, dude, it's 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 crazy. And, and you know, it, 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 Luke, I think it was a good example, you know, with the Romeo and Juliet laws, you know, where I think most reasonable people 
can sit there and say, yeah, I get it. Hey, you dated the same girl through high school. You turned 18. She's 17 or even vice versa, right? The girl turns 18. You're still 17. You continue dating and you turn 18 and six, seven months or whatever. Does that guy or gal that's 18 need to go to jail for statutory rape? No, I think any reasonable person can do it. But going back to what I said, once you start that and, and that, that person is found not guilty because of that, well then, well, Hey, I, what, what happens if I'm a 19 year old senior in high school? What happens if I'm a 20 year old senior in high school? You can be a 20 year old senior. Okay. Especially out here in Arizona. Okay. And, and if it's 20, why not 22? Why not 25? Why, why do you even have to be in high school? Right? I mean, what if, uh, you know, and that's where it goes. Hey, I was 10 years old and, 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 you know, I've known her since she was a baby and, and, you know, there's a six year difference. So now you're talking, you know, 12 to 18, then you're talking, you know, 15 to, you know, 22, 23, 24. I mean, that's how it ends up. And, and there's just no way in my mind that you can sit there. And the majority, and this is what kills me, the, you can't tell me that the majority of the country accepts us either. One, a lot of it is just vote pandering, okay? That's what they're doing. You're trying to pander to your base or their base uh, to make sure that they, you know, solidify those votes. But you can't tell me that the majority of the country agrees with us because they don't. There's no way. And that's not a scientific poll. I know nobody, you know, very few people in my community condone any of that stuff. And when you look at just, you know, transgenders as a whole, it's like 1.5% of American adults, you know, are transgender. I mean, it's such a small percentage. So, you know, what scares me and, and, you know, I'll throw it over to, to Josh to get his final thoughts on it. But what scares me is, what clearly in my mind started out as vote pandering and justifying what I'm doing that, you know, I know is wrong and evil and I want everybody to accept it is going to turn into laws and the codification of, of what you're saying where, you know, again, I don't know what happens in five years, but where it becomes legally accepted. And I do think, I do agree. Again, I could be wrong with the five year thing because I do think what happens is as you has that, you have that gradual, you know, decay, there is going to be some case precedent set out there on this thing, and probably in California or Massachusetts. And they're going to arrest that 42-year-old man, and he's going to say, hey, man, you know, his defense attorney is going to get up there, and they're going to cite some law that was just passed, and they're going to be like, yeah, you're not guilty. You know, So, I, Josh, you might be spot on, man. I think something like that happens, and it becomes a shock to the system, and next thing you know, it's legalized. I hope I'm 100% wrong. Like, I really, really hope that I'm flat out 100% wrong on this, but I think I, I, I think you're going to see it in five years. I really do. Um, because like you said, people are demanding, oh, well, we have to pass this law now, right? And it's like, well, we don't need it. Again, I go back to, you know, laws fall into one of two bins. They either do good or they feel good. And I would say the vast majority of the laws that's been passed in the United States, hell, I'd say the last 20 years are feel good. Right, they're feel-good laws. The Patriot Act, the Patriot Act, Patriot Act was feel-good. That's all it was. It didn't do good. Wait, 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 wait. You you mean to tell me you think the Respect for Marriage Act that was just passed is just feel-good? It's just a feel-good man. <laughs> it's just a feel-good. You know, it's. And I was gonna, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna use that as an example. You know, you, we already had the Defense of Marriage Act. Um, you know, DOMA was a thing. And nobody, even, even, you know, I, I would even say your staunchest conservatives 
Um, you know, even the people who probably live on that property that, you know, I sent you guys the picture of when I was driving, you know, back up through South Carolina, don't really care about interracial marriage or homosexual marriage. Like generally speaking, they probably really don't. Um, and I, I, I don't know any of my conservative friends who, who cared about it. They were just like, yeah, man, whatever. Right. Because that was, dude, I mean, that's that those two issues have been settled for a long time. But I mean, really like nobody, nobody cared that, you know, all right, man, you think it's Adam and Steve, you know, and not Adam and Eve. All right, cool. Whatever. Right. Because we went through that. I mean, we went through that, you know, in the nineties, you know, and dude, an interracial marriage, like, dude, nobody, like nobody cares, like truly, but they came out and they were like, well, we have to pass this law. And you're like, well, why? Like nobody's challenged this. Like nobody, there's not, and there hasn't been a case challenging this for a very, very long time. And they're like, no, we have to, you know, we have to pass this to protect it. And you're like, it's already protected. It's already protected. The constitution already kind of protects that, you know? Um, so well, why, why are we passing this law? It's a, it was a feel good law. It didn't do any good. Um, you know, other than, other than make people feel good, but it was like, okay, well you're, it was, it's, it just, it didn't need to be done. Um, you know, and they all, you know, it was only because Roe it was like, okay, well, Roe wasn't settled case law to begin with, not even remotely. It's been challenged since the day it was passed. It just had a lot of really shitty challenges, which is why it was allowed to stand for so long. Um, you know, so five years, man, I hope I'm wrong. Five years. It's gonna, it, it, it's gonna happen. And man, people need to, people need to be prepared for it. It's going to start, like you said, it's going to be out in California. It's going to be in one of these, you know, far left States and they're going to turn around and they're going to cite case law. And then it's going to be, all right, well, you, we have to accept it now. Right. We have to accept this, you know, based on 0.3% of the population, 0.1% of the population. Now everybody has to, you know, has to accept it and they will come to, and it won't be like, it won't be something to where, oh, well, okay. It's going to be fine. Everybody it's going to be fine. No, dude, they are going to use the law as a cudgel and you speak out about it. You speak up against it. You're going to jail. You're going to get your, your bank account's going to be shut off. You know, like you are going to have the screws turned on you. Um, you know, when we go to, especially after we go to a digital currency, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. So yeah. I hope you're wrong too, man. Me too. I really do. Me too. <laughs> so you guys, I think both, neither one of you guys uh, believe in new year's resolutions. I was, I was thinking about new year's resolutions, uh, uh, a couple of days ago, I was like, you know, I don't like people who make their resolutions, don't follow through on it. And I'll highlight the gym for one. Roger messaged the other day and he's like, dude, the gym's already packed, you know? And, and it was, it was like, I don't know, between Christmas and New Year's, I think, uh, just a couple of days ago. And I, I, I hate, I have to alter my gym times from January to about the middle of February. Cause by the middle of February, it's back to normal. But, you know, come January 3rd, man, oh, they're all in there. They're all in there with their New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. I'm going to get buff or whatever it is. 
That's just that that kind of stuff bothers me. It's like if you're gonna make a resolution, follow through on it, you know, or at least try, you know, uh, be consistent with it. Uh, but you know, I thought more about the New Year's resolution. I'm like, you know, well, it is a good time. It's a new year. It's a good time to take stock of things. I think the three of us kind of have the same mindset. It's like, you know, I'm going to decide to do something. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, August 10th, you know, I, I'm going to do it. You know, Josh did his, you know, 75 hard thing uh, that had nothing to do with New Year's, as I recall. It was just, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And so that was, that was a big, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I'll, I'll save that for you, Roger. That was, that was a hard thing to do and you did it. It didn't have anything to do with, you know, taking stock at any particular time. But I think most people tend to take stock on January or, you know, December 31st. And it's like, okay, what can I do differently this year? And, you know, it's not that I have any resolutions, but, you know, it is a good time to take stock. And, uh, you know, I realized last year I did not read near enough. I didn't read enough. I read a lot of news, but I read to read enough books. So you know what? I'm going to try to read more books. I'm not going to keep track. It's not like I'm going to read 12. No, I'm just going to try to read more. You know, it's a good time to take stock. Uh, but other than reading more and maybe getting a little bit back into the writing, because I took an entire year off, didn't do anything. You know, maybe a couple of you know articles for the C3 page or something. But, you know, I'm just going to try to write more. I need to exercise my brain. Because at this age, you know, we all, all three of us, need to start, you know, exercising our brains, you know, uh, learning new things, whether it's a language or jujitsu like Josh is doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, Roger, I'm going to kick it to you. It's like, first of all, I mean, did I describe accurately what you think about, you know, New Year's resolutions in particular? And number two, do you have like anything that's not necessarily New Year's resolution, but something you've decided, you know what, 2023, I'm going to do more of this or less of that? Nothing nothing you just wrote something <laughs> no well one like josh i'm not a big new year's resolution guy you know it's funny because my wife always asks she's like you don't have any new year's, re- new year's resolutions like well no because i do think and i think all three of us do a pretty good job of it i critique myself throughout the year you know it's not like i have to wait till one january to you know uh, to start I, I started my workout plan that i'm on now i started i was talking to josh before luke hopped on and you know, I'm like, man, I, I was telling my wife the other day or today, it's like, I've been doing this for five weeks now. Like I'm into it for five weeks, which is pretty consistent for me because it's hard traveling and, and all that stuff. But I don't, so I don't find that there's like a day that I, you know, I need to start. However, this year I'm going to make an exception. So I'm going to have a new year's resolution and our new year's resolution is going to be to put out more consistent episodes in media. Uh, for Culper's Canteen Cup. I, I know we've got a lot of, uh, you know, and, and Josh hit it on the head. I didn't even think about it until he said it a, uh, an episode or a couple episodes ago with the, well, hey, you know, when we started this thing, COVID kicked off. I mean, we literally, I think our first episode, like COVID had just come out, right? Or it was just announced. And the next thing you know, we're all locked down for two years. So <laughs> we had plenty of time to sit here and record. And then, you know, Luke comes back to the States. We all have our jobs, this and that. Holidays come around and it just becomes hard. Uh, but I do believe in what we're doing. I know we have a lot of dedicated listeners out there. And I know all three of us get beat up uh, on a pretty consistent basis. Like, hey, when you can put some stuff out. It's funny because when we first started talking about this and doing this podcast, I remember we were looking at, uh, you know, we were Googling some info, like how often should we put it out? And I think it was Luke. Uh, maybe it was Luke or Josh that, that one of you said, well, hey, if we go, uh, you know, 15 minutes, then we should put it out two or three times a week. If we go an hour, it should be like once every other week. If we do two hours, it should be like once a month. And, you know, the feedback that I get on my end from, from you know, folks I'm in touch with like, hey, dude, like we need something every week. 
like every five days, like, you know, it's, it's a Monday through Friday thing. And, and so anyway, I, I want to be uh, a little bit more dedicated to that cause and at least getting some stuff out because there's, dude, I, I keep things on my notes, especially on my phone. And, and that's what I do. I keep it on my phone. I see stuff on the news. I read it. Uh, and I just talk about like, Oh, we got to talk about this. We can talk about that because the other thing is, you know, it, it's all about, and this is my, I guess my lasting resolution is to just learn, man. It's constant learning. And I think especially as you get older, one, you, you can never wait till New Year's Day to start your resolution because you may not be around the next New Year's Day <laughs> to start that resolution. So you better start it today, right? So, uh, but I just, it's continuing to learn. And I hope that our listeners learn a lot because uh, I know that myself, just having the conversations, uh, you know, I think we learn a lot from each other. And on top of that, you know, you talk about reading. You know, I love to read. Uh, I don't read as many books, I do more audiobooks, but. You know, I dive into a lot of this stuff on, on on Google and a lot of these studies and this and that. I mean, dude, I love it. You know, and so I want to continue doing that. And I know, I, you know, I do a lot of that for this show. So you know, it's self improvement. But uh, that that's my big New Year's resolution. So I guess I'll break tradition this year. I'll have a New Year's resolution, uh, be a little bit more consistent, and we can get some more stuff out there. And I and I think Luke, you know, you talk about writing more. I mean, it's like, hey, you know, let's put some C three stuff out there. I mean, I know. Uh, we send a lot of, it's actually, I wish it was a better way to capture our texts because we send some pretty entertaining things back and forth. Um, of course we have to stop at about four o'clock PM because Josh is in bed. Uh, and then he wants to carry <laughs> on the conversation at 3am the next day. But, uh, th- th- that's how I'm going to break tradition this year. How about yourself, Josh? Hey man, I waited until eight thirty to go to bed last night. Um, so no, I'm literally like eating dinner and I'll get a text from Josh with like, he's in bed with the dogs. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I didn't realize when I sent you that, when I sent you guys that last night, I was like, oh yeah, like it's not even six o'clock for Roger. It's just past six o'clock for Luke. I was like, it's, it's kind of funny. They're probably like, what? This dude's already going to bed? Like I didn't eat dinner yet. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I generally don't do New Year's resolutions. Kind of like, uh, you know, as Luke brought up, you know, when I did 75 hard, I mean, that was, dude, that was like in September. I decided, I was like, all right, you know, and, you know, that's when the wife was like, we're doing it. All right, let's do and it. And you said you're going to do it again, right? Yeah. You're going to start yeah, it up I'm again? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Um, you know, because it's just one of those things like I haven't been, I haven't been consistent in, in, in working out. Kind of like you, it's like the traveling a little bit. I spent all last week. Um, you know, in, uh, in Atlanta, uh, going to some, you know, medical appointments and, and hanging out with my dad and, and my sister, my older sister. Um, and so, you know, it didn't get a whole lot of chance to, you know, do a whole lot there. And it's like, you know what, I just, I mean, to get, to get back in the right headspace and, uh, you know, and everything and just, you know, force myself to, to be consistent. I'm going to go ahead and, and jump on the, the 75 hard again, and I'll probably just go ahead and start it tomorrow. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not a new year's resolution. Sure, why not? <laughs> but, you know, well, it's one of those things is, you know, it's like, well, you could always wait till Monday, but I mean, you know, it's like you said, you know, I think you've said it before. What's the, you know, what's the best day to, you know, start a, start a diet or a workout. Well, it's always, you know, the next day. Um, you know, it's like, so why wait, why wait any longer? Um, but, uh, you know, as far as new year's resolutions, man, I'm going to be the same asshole on November, on January 2nd than I was, you know, five days ago. Like I, I, I'm not, I don't, I, I generally don't do <laughs> New Year's resolutions, um, you know, by, by and large. Cause you know, like you said, I, you know, if there's, I, I take stock throughout the year and I'm constantly every day, you know, every couple of days, it's like, 
Hey, you know, what am I doing? What am, you know, what's going on right now? Like, I don't need to be doing this. I need to be doing this over here. I need to do less of this, more of that, you know? So yeah, I, I don't, Oh, well, I'll just kick it off on the new year. No, I, I've never really been like that. Um, and, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start now, man. I'm too, I'm too old. I got an idea. So we don't have to start it this year. We'll do it next year. Next year, we come up with New Year's resolutions for each other. Uh, (laughs) They got to be realistic. They got to be realistic, though. Yeah. Something that can actually be accomplished. Matter of fact, I'm going to start that with my wife today. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't. My resolution for for Roger can't be, hey, or for Josh, or the, hey, no more buying bur- no, no more buying bourbon. You know, uh, it can't be something yeah. stupid like this, but it could be. You have to limit yourself to one a week, like buying one, not drinking one. Oh, nah, right. that's not a good Dude, one. Either. I, I don't nah, even. I don't even not, buy one a week. I don't even buy one a week. I might buy like one a month. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, there might be a month. I've got the game tape on my, on my phone right here. Yeah, now they're going yeah. to they're, they're take our episode down for lying, you know, mis, yeah. misleading information. Yeah, misinformation here. Misinformation. <laughs> so what, what, like, give me an example, Roger. What would be, what would be one for me or Josh that you, you would come up with? Put me on the spot. Oh, you know what? I'd say, okay, well, Luke, you need to put out your little short takes once a week on the website. I mean, that would be realistic and doable. Realistic, doable, but I think it's also, you know, we talk about self-improvement. You know, it's when it was like, hey, man, it gets you back into writing, write about whatever, and, you know, hey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what you start doing tomorrow. Well, here's, here's one for all of us. How about this? By June, we need the three, we need to have published Harder to Kill. That's a good one. Oof. It's a good one. <laughs> right. like, like, oh. I don't know. Let's see. How many months is that? That's six, six. months? That's, that's, that's six. I don't know. That would be tough. That would be really tough. What man. about by but September? We, well, September would be absolutely doable. Okay. So how about and for all? So would June, but I mean. Well, may, I, I, I think I would be more like, hey, we, we need to have the draft written, right? Or typed out or whatever. Draft, like draft by June. By June. Okay. That's, yeah. And then. Tighten it up because it's going to take. Yeah, for those of you who don't haven't don't understand, we're we've kicked around the idea of writing a book called Harder to Kill, and uh, it would just be it's not it's not really self help. It's just our strategies for dealing with things, and sometimes we we don't even follow through on our own. But you know, <laughs> uh, it, it would it would kind of hold us. This is what you should do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would, it's different strategies and it, it would hold us accountable and, you know, we'd be doing it for the three of us, but also for anyone who'd, who'd want to read it. And obviously, you know, with any self-help book, I don't know if I've ever really read a, a self-help book, honestly, um, maybe seven habits of successful people. I think I read that like in college or something. Um, but you know, it just, you'll take something out of it that you may be able to use. And that, that's what we're talking about is the three of us just coming up with, you know, enough to fill you know, a, a decent sized book with different strategies for, you know, making yourself harder to kill, uh, every, every day of your life, making yourself harder to kill. And you can imagine that can take many different forms. It's not just working out. Uh, it's like Roger said, learning, it's about becoming more familiar with your surroundings, getting more involved with the community, so on and so forth. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And I do think that we'd all have to put our nose to the grindstone because it's, it's the easiest thing in the world is to come up with an idea to write a book. Um, the harder thing is actually sitting down and doing it. Obviously it's, it's tough to do. And I think that again, we could put together a draft, but it's going to take a long time to put everything together in a, 
you know, coherent way. Um, cause there's three different people writing it. That's a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, that's a good idea. So uh, I guess we, we, you know, I want to make that official right now. Let's, Let's slap the it. table. Let's make it official. And Hey, okay. listeners, listeners, hold us accountable. That's right. Hold us accountable. And I, I guarantee there are a few that will, uh, at least on my end, the people that communicate with me on text and not on the Facebook page or the website, we can stamp in my foot. Hey, man. Or Instagram. Put this or Twitter. Or Instagram. Like something. <laughs> or no, but wait, but wait six more days on Twitter. That's when we'll be able to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know Damon, Damon will, Damon's really good at holding us accountable. It's like, uh, I'm sitting here, you know, he posts the memes of the skeleton, you know. Yeah, back on the park bench, waiting for C three to come out with a new podcast. The one of Pablo Escobar, yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, you know, standing you know, in the pool and sitting on the swing. Yeah, so, real quick, I want to ask y'all, what do you think about the the Biden stance on uh, COVID tests for all people entering from China? Well, I would. I was told. I was told Jesus. in twenty twenty that that was racist and xenophobic. I don't know if that's changed. But that's what I was told when Come on, the last man. when the last president did this. I was told it was racist. Come on, man, hey, dude! It's just it's just all spinning back up again. It's you know I, I pulled up news this morning and there you know there's a new variant for COVID and you're starting to hear. I think LA County is getting ready to go back to mask mandates again. I'm dude. It is insane. I'm glad I live in the state of Arizona. Well, I say that now. You know, uh, what's her face? Katie Hobbs is going to be our new governor come come January. So I don't know. I might have to move out to Texas and be with Luke or something like that. At least you'll have one more vote against Beta when he runs again for governor. Do it. Do it. Let's consolidate. Of course, Josh's Goldilocks. It's like, it can't be too hot. It can't be too cold. I mean, we were giving him crap the other day. It's like, it's too hot in North Carolina. It's too cold in North Carolina. It's like, where are you going to live, man? He's soft. The book is going to be for Josh to be harder to kill. And I do want to <laughs> clarify. I do want to clarify something with the gym. Like, I am not opposed to people going to the gym. Obviously, right? Hey, man, pack it, whatever, and, and good on you. I think we all need to do it. We're, we're, you know, whether it's the gym or go walking or whatever. My issue is like nowadays, dude. There is so much stuff on YouTube. Like, at least do a little bit of reading before you get in there. You know, because the problem is like, I I watch folks. And it's like, hey, man, you're going to hurt yourself. Like, seriously, you know, you're, you're, you're physically going to hurt yourself. You know, and I think that's a lot of what happens. People quit because they get sore. Uh, then beyond sore, they keep doing it incorrectly, whatever it is. They end up getting hurt. They injure themselves. And then they're out of the game. You know, and I just kind of look around and it's like you got people that are on the machines that are, that are meant for one thing. But they're doing, you know, it's doing what is it? You know, curls on the squat rack. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. literally. That, that, that's always been my issue. Like I, I'm, I'm always glad to see people get in the gym and, you know, and move their body around. Like that is always a good thing. Right. And, and this shocking revelation, um, this, this, it was just a scientific breakthrough. Uh, you know, the Washington post came out with an article that said people who were physically active and more physically fit didn't die as much from COVID as people who were out of shape. I, I, I mean, just a you know a scientific breakthrough. It's like it's basically like when you know when Newton invented you know found gravity, you know. I mean, it was on that same level, and so you know, get in there, move your body, work out. But like Roger said, like understand, you know, at least try and get an idea of what you're doing before you go in there. And my pet peeve has always been people doing curls in the squat rack. 
like there's generally not a lot of squat racks in gyms like get out of the squat rack unless you're doing squats and re-rack yeah. your re-rack your shit like those two <laughs> things man and wipe down your you know wipe down your equipment when you're done with it no that's my big three things and just be consistent like just be consistent you know if you're if you know you're going to be out oh i'm gonna go for a couple of days and i'm done well like, just don't go like either be consistent or don't don't go at all um yeah that's my thing yeah start start slow man yeah like roger was saying start slow that's that's one thing that i i've got to uh continue to realize not just starting slow because this this current you know workout regimen or whatever i'm doing is i started slow which was a good thing and i was i was seeing some good uh progress and uh but what I have to remember is, dude, I'm, I'm damn near 50 years old and the brain is willing, but the body is just like, hey, bro, <laughs> you're never going to be 33 again. It's just not going to happen. So I have to keep my myself in that mindset. It's like it's the harder to kill thing. It's like I'm working out now, so I'll have more flexibility and you know more mobility when I'm 70. I'm not working out, so I have to remember this. I'm not working out, so I'll look good by the pool this summer. That's not That helps, point. though. <laughs> It helps. <laughs> but, this is uh, the white you know, stuff, right? I recently did got something to my back, man. I, I don't know what it is. And if you look on YouTube, I've been moving like back and forth. And it's it's just, it's getting old, man. Yoga, it dude. Is, that's all it is. Yoga. I know. Whatever. That's right. I'm telling you. Stretching, anything. Yeah. Dude, it's I'm telling you. Go I'll try find. to groom me. Don't try to groom me. <laughs> <laughs> you you would be so good at yoga because most Asians are flexible. Such a racist. I it's not not man. It's not racist. It's it's, it's true. Fact. If, if it's true, it's not racist. Exactly. I mean, white people who live in trailer parks like red Kool Aid and mac and cheese. Like it's <laughs> it's not racist. It's true. The uh, yeah, Luke. I'm telling you, man. Yoga. Go find you a yoga place. Yeah, I mean, I got, I've got a, a yoga instructor here in the house with me, but you know, I've always been too hard headed and like, oh, that's not a real workout. So, yeah, maybe that's something I need to, I need to do is get her to train me a little bit in that because I, I have done like stretching, like stretching programs, which is similar to yoga. Sure. Uh, and yeah, I always feel better, man. Always feel better. Yeah. But that's not a manly man workout. Yeah. I mean, I was a dude, I was the same way. I was the exact same way. And, uh, and the wife finally, you know, it's probably been two years ago now. Um, maybe before then, not before, before that, probably like three years ago now. Uh, you know, the wife talked, finally talked me into it. She was like, you're coming with me. Take a, you know, it was like a four series, you know, class yoga for, you know, yoga for dummies basically. And, uh, this place here where I live, they do hot yoga. And so they crank, you know, you get two choices. You get a warm room, which is body, you know, the room is body temperature, or you get a hot room, which the room's above body temperature, right? You can pick which one you want. And then there's a court. And then there's also different kinds, right? You got like, you can do yoga with props and, you know, this, the other stuff, or you can do, you know, it's a flow or, you know, vignette, whatever. Yeah, I can't remember all the stuff goes to it. And so at first I was like, all right, whatever. I really don't want to go. Um, but after going, you know, for a couple months, man, like I, I, there was a, there was a noted difference. Um, some of my joints that hurt didn't hurt as much. They still hurt, but they didn't hurt as much. And I was notably stronger, um, you know, just from going, you know, for, for months and months and months, uh, of doing yoga. Cause it's all body weight, but man, dude, when you're using your body weight for an hour straight, in a 90, 95 degree room, bro, 
it's a uh, you you know you worked out when you're when you're done with it. And the other part of it too, and is man, that was an hour of you know damn near silence, um, where you know that was just kind of for me. You know, I got to just kind of turn off my brain for an hour, which I think is uh, I think is beneficial for everyone. Um, you know, especially you do it every couple of days. They raised the price where where we used to go. Now it was it used to be like twelve dollars a class. Now it's twenty dollars a class. And you know, granted, inflation is still a great place, but obviously, I don't go as much now as I did before, simply simply because of the price. What up? Either of you guys ever go to a chiropractor? And if so, do you like it? If not, why not? I mean, if you have gone and you didn't like it, tell me why. I've never gone. If you have gone and do like it. Roger, you nodded your head. Yeah, I went. Remember I shot you the uh, the stretching thing. He didn't do any adjustments or anything like that. What he yeah. what he did was he broke out a couple of studies for me because I had some preconceived, you know, uh thoughts about you know what was going on and and a lot of it is psychosomatic you know i was told you know, x-rays a little bit of arthritis in my back and this anyway he, he brought some studies out with me he's like you need to clear your mind of all this junk that you've heard before this these are the facts and then you know he showed me my x-ray and, and then I, I think i sent it to you the uh he gave me the stretching things man he's like hey if you do this he goes this will be 66 percent of, of the solution he goes there's some other things that you may have to look at you know medically you know medical wise if you want to have surgeries if you want to go that route but he's like this is the 66 percent solution and the the stretches he had me do for my lower back dude i i wish i'd had these things like 20 years ago uh, you know I, and it, i actually thought about doing yoga before until i went to go see his, this chiropractor it's funny because we have hot yoga out here <laughs> down the street and it's literally cooler in the hot yoga room than what it is outside. And then you're making fun of me because I don't want to live there. I think our hot yoga room, it's like 105 or something like that. So you're going to walk out of 115 degree heat to walk into a room that's 105 for hot yoga. Yeah. See, Unreal. this is why, dude, this is why I won't live there. It's dry heat though, man. It's good for your skin. It's good for dude, your skin. When, when, when plain tires stick to the tarmac, it doesn't matter if it's dry. It doesn't matter for dry heat, bro. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So I have one last thing uh, before I'm done. The, the and it's not a resolution, but I know a lot of folks they look at us and and you know we, we've had comments back and forth, and especially on some of the the woke posts where you know they think that we lean right, we're conservative podcast, this and that. Dude, I am telling you what, the GOP better bring it when they take office, right, and they take control of the house. They better bring it because I, I know this, not that we have a, you know, I, I get it. We don't have the 10 million listeners and the followers and this and that, but there are three people here that are going to hold the GOP accountable at least the best that we can, because, you know, I don't care. Uh, I've never cared who was in power. Uh, obviously the Republicans are more in line with what my beliefs are. So that's why I tend to vote that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I'm voting for the best candidate, and I don't care who's in power. You have to hold them accountable, whether they're Democrat, Republican, Independent. And, you know, and it's kind of crazy because when when Cinema went to you know become an Independent, dude, it was insane out here. Like people were losing their minds, and it's like, oh, so you didn't vote for the best candidate? You voted just purely based on political party. And I know a lot of us do that, especially with you know folks that we may not know as well, or also we may not know. But uh, I know for the three of us. Um, you know, we will definitely do our best to hold them accountable as well. Uh, real quick shout out, and I'll kick it over to, to 
Josh. Uh, hey, you know what? We get our listeners out there. We don't do it enough, but uh, you know, we were going through some of the numbers, and it's like, man, we have a pretty solid core of folks who, who continue to listen. So, you know, for the Spencers out there, and the Randys, and Joe, and and Brian, and, and everybody else, you know, uh, definitely appreciate you uh, continuing to listen, and, and definitely appreciate the the interaction. Uh, and with that, from my end, I hope everybody has a fantastic and happy New Year. Yeah. So. I'm uh, on Tuesday. I'm uh, registering as an independent here in North Carolina. Um, I'm done with the uh, done with the Republican Party. So, yeah. So you guys can hold the GOP accountable. Uh, I'm done with the GOP. So, yeah. Hey, no, for the folks that uh, you know that that, that that continuously listen to us, we really really appreciate it. Um, Joe down in, uh, down in Florida, man. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, saw you were sick and, uh, and happy belated birthday to, uh, to you. That dude well. had a cooler full of shrimp. He's fine. He's, what? He's fine. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah. I, know, he, I remember he, it. it he's like, he oh, sick. I'm sick. And then it was like 10 pounds of shrimp. He's getting ready to cook. He's fine. I love he's it. He's such a drama queen. I love it. Or king it's... or drama person, drama person, drama person, individual drama, individual. That's right. He might he might not identify as a person. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, say 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 he is a man. Um, so no, I really appreciate you listening. You know, the, like you said, Don and Linda, you know, and Jason and Big Game um, and everybody out there who uh, who listens to us and supports us on a consistent basis. We we do appreciate it, and uh, we will we will you know by by hook or by crook. Uh, put out more content. It may be times where there's only two of us and there may be some times when it's only one of us just hops on here and, you know, rants for 30 minutes. And then, uh, you know, as soon as Roger edits it and uh, makes it all pretty, you know, drop it. Um, but we, we will get you more content, uh, you know, this, uh, this coming year. Um, and if we, if we don't absolutely feel free to reach out to us and, uh, and berate us for, uh, you know, for, for not doing it. Um, we need you guys' help to uh, to keep us honest. So, with that, I hope everybody has a you know a, a very very good New Year. Um, and uh, I'll throw it over to uh, to Luke. Yeah, I was a little late joining y'all. I'm sure you knocked it out of the park until uh, I was able to jump on. Old Specialist Jones forgot to update his computer before jumping on the <laughs> podcast. So, apologize for that, guys. Uh, yeah. Everybody be careful out there tonight. You know, it's probably one of the most dangerous nights to go out. Don't don't drive drunk. Y'all know that. Here's your safety brief. Don't drive drunk. And uh, if y'all are having any trouble during the new year, man, always give us a call, man. Give us a call. Reach out to us and um, let us know because, you know, it's still at 22 a day. And uh, we hope 2023 treats you well. Uh, reach out to your buddies. Uh, it's something uh, three of us should probably be better at doing. So, Help each other out, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I always leave somebody out. Uh, Eric there in Amarillo, he's always asking, my old man, when are they putting out another show? When are they putting out another show? So, Eric, I appreciate you listening. Damon, Dylan, Jesse, Jed, the family, the members of my family, and extended family who listen. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Scott, as usual, the Cajun conservative. Uh, wishing all y'all a good 2023. And everybody else didn't mention. I know Ryan is always wanting to mention, so... <laughs> I don't know if you guys mentioned it, but thanks for listening, Ryan. He he holds us accountable. You guys don't be afraid to do that in public, in public, on the Facebook page, Twitter, whatever, man. And uh, really appreciate y'all listening and looking forward to 2023. This is episode 105. And uh, till next time, till next year.
Keep your canteen cups full and tightly secured.